Hi, Paul Scanlon here. Thanks for taking the time to click on my podcast. I want to spend time focusing on my primary passions of leadership, personal development, communication, growing big people, and I hope that these podcasts really help and add value to your life and to your journey. Thanks for tuning in. The title of tonight's message is Skin in the Game. Now, I asked one or two people here, do you have this phrase here? Because I know it's a common phrase in America. It was uh, apparently invented in America. I found out it wasn't. But, but the, Americans, the Americans have claimed it kind of thing, you know. Um, but, but skin in the game, I give you the visual so you get the idea. Skin in the game means being involved in something that's costing you. It means having a stake in something. It means that whatever you're involved in, is putting a demand on you. It's been sacrificial for you to keep doing it. It can be a relationship. It can be a business. It can be this church. It can be something you're involved in, something entrepreneurially you're involved in. It can be an idea, a passion, an interest, a hobby, but you're involved in it to the point to which it's costing you. It's hurting you. Maybe financially, emotionally, mentally, relationally, circumstantially, it's hurting you. Skin in the game is the idea I want to speak to you about that concept tonight, and with that in mind, that's why I said this couple volunteering to pull up roots and go to our house as volunteers, that's skin in the game. It's commitment above and beyond. And, and I want you to understand that the success, the continued flourishing of this church is going to require this. From... As many of you as possible. It'll never be all of you. I passed it for too long to realize that everybody will commit to this. But it needs to be enough of us to keep this church moving to its continual new levels that you have before you in the years to come. Um, I'm going to read to you with this in mind from the Apostle Paul's life in 2 Corinthians 11, 23, where Paul begins to speak about his own skin in the game investment of life. And boy, this takes some understanding to read this list of what that meant for him. He starts out by saying, are they servants of Christ? The they he's talking about were people going around churches Paul had pioneered and suffered to pioneer and pretending to be like him. He called them super apostles. People who were going around the churches claiming to be apostles who had never actually invested anything that mattered to claim that title and that position. So he compares himself to these super apostles that are disturbing and disrupting the progression and the peace of the churches. So Paul's protecting the churches from these pretenders, these fakers. Are they servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. That's a lot of danger. 
I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all the churches. So who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? I want to say to you tonight that if you don't have skin in some game somewhere, you are not in the game. You may be at the game. You may believe in the game. You may know others in the game. You may study the game and be an expert in the game. You may do life with people who are in the game. You may have been in the game at a previous stage of your life. But right now, if you don't have skin in the game, then you don't really qualify to claim you're in the game no more than those fake apostles were trying to do in Paul's time. And by the way, just let me be clear up front with you, none of this tonight, and nothing I talk about, by the way, is this. None of this is saying that if you have no skin in the game, I'm up here judging you or saying you're a faker or you're a coward. Because if you don't have skin in the game, it may be for very valid reasons. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe your skin in the game was so costly. Maybe others who should have shouldered some of the weight did not and left you carrying disproportionate weight. And you got hurt and you buckled under the burden you were not built to carry. You got hurt, you got betrayed, you got let down, you were deserted, people lied to you. I don't know. Maybe you had skin in the game and it hurt you so badly that you took time out on the benches. But I want you to know that we are still early enough in 2018 for this to be a game changer for you. If you've been benched for a while because you got damaged by being involved in a game somewhere in your life that cost you and hurt you, it's still time for you in September to come back onto the field and to decide to play again. I wonder if tonight I could at least inspire you to attempt this week to step back on the field, to put your, your kit back on, to put your running shoes back on, to put your helmet back on, to put your shield of faith back on, to take up your sword again, to, to do something this week that even just puts a foot back into something that costs you, something that matters to you, something that wakes you up in the morning like it used to do. So none of this is a judgment on you, but I want to contrast the difference between being on the field and being a commentator about those on the field. Being an armchair, skin-in-the-game person doesn't really count. Being a critic or one of the fake news people who have no skin in the game, but want to criticize and judge those that do, I want to protect you from staying there or from doing life with those people or from thinking that's the best option for you any longer than it has been so far. In April 1910 in Paris, Theodore Roosevelt gave a very famous speech, most of which you would not recall, but this particular few lines from his speech went around the world and is still quoted today 
in many forums around the world when he said, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how much the strong stumble or where the doer could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is in the arena, actually in the arena, whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. If he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. We come from a long line of skin-in-the-game ancestors. Hundreds of thousands of us died in the arenas of Rome. Literal skin-in-the-game. Who gave up their lives, lost their lives because they wouldn't deny Jesus. They wouldn't surrender their faith. And so they died, burnt at the stake, ripped apart in the arenas of Rome, fed to wild animals, and all kinds of other unimaginable cruelty was done to our forefathers, to our ancestors, and is still happening now in some parts of the world where they can't do this. They can't publicly meet together. They can't publicly worship or publicly sing a Christian song or listen to Christian music or watch something on a screen they have to do it in secret. In many parts of the world still, you can lose your liberty or your life if it's known you're a Christian in some Muslim countries around the world where that is, that is ostracized and punished and seen as a target to get rid of in countries around the world. So this is still very real. In the West, we have no awareness of that until you start to listen and read stories and spend time in other parts of the world, but we come from a long line of gladiators, as it were. But I think because we've entered an age of entitlement, and I love the millennials, but I think it's true that the millennials have to keep an eye on their sense of entitlement, that life owes you something that you did not work for, that somehow you can write a song in your bedroom and post it and you'll be an overnight trending hit sensation. And I don't have to work because that's going to happen to me. And my generation, the baby boomers, learned something that we want to pass on to the, to the millennials and the teenagers, which is everything that matters in life, you will have to work for. And if you don't work for it and earn it, the sense of achievement that you will only have that comes that way, the sense of wisdom and figuring things out, who you become as a person only happens when no one hands you anything on a plate. And I'm all for, you know, making sure my kids don't, you know, struggle in the same way often that that parents did. I want to help them financially where I can. I want to help my grandkids where I can. I have eight grandkids, by the way. The whole grandchild thing is out of control. <laughs> so I understand that. We want, to, we want our kids to do well. We want to invest in them and, and take some hardship from them that no one could help us with because our parents had nothing. I understand that. 
but I don't want to contribute to this sense of life owes you. Uh, something's going to happen. The phone's going to ring. The door's going to open. Someone's going to discover you. It's just going to happen. It's not. And you should live as if it never will. Because if you go out every day to work hard and make something happen, then if you do get a break, at least you weren't living waiting for it. This entitlement thing that's in the generations that are emerging and the social media fake news virtual online flight simulator skin in the game is why I think I need to talk about the real thing. So that you don't think having skin in the game by being an online troll, being an online critic of others that are actually trying to do something, been a kind of armchair cynic so that you don't think that that actually is skin in the game because that's the they who Paul was speaking about and they have been around in every generation and we don't need any more of them. I think we resent it, rightly so. We resent it, don't we, when our politicians or our, or our leaders, our civic leaders... Um, our teachers, our mentors, our coaches, our pastors, whoever the leadership may be, I think we resent it when they have no skin in the game. When they're asking us to invest in a way that they themselves are not doing. I think it's right that we resent that. I think it's right that we ask our leaders to be the first ones to put skin in the game. In fact, this phrase was attributed in recent history to, to Warren Buffett the American billionaire. Because when Warren Buffett years ago, decades ago, started his entrepreneurial life, he felt it was wrong that entrepreneurs usually expected you to invest in their business ideas. He decided to reverse it. He felt it was right that he would invest in your ideas and he would put financial skin, as it were, in the game of your entrepreneurial idea. So that he knew he really wanted you to succeed more than ever. Because if you didn't, he would lose his financial stake. So he reversed the idea entrepreneurially of skin in the game. So he was financially on the line. He was financially going to go down with the ship if you failed. Therefore, his financial investment made him stay attached give everything he can to these people, network with them, give them connections, coach them, advise them, because he had financial skin in the game. If it failed, he would fail, and he reversed it. Although when I studied this phrase, it goes back to Shakespearean times. Shakespeare wrote a play called The Merchant of Venice. There is a scene in The Merchant of Venice when, when a man could not pay his debts. And so his creditors came and said to him, then we'll take it in a pound of flesh. The idea being that you can pay us in literal flesh. We'll, we'll cut some flesh off you. And that idea of skin in the game goes back even to Shakespearean time. Variations of it, various ways of saying it exist, I suppose, in every culture. You get the idea. We want those that lead us to have skin in the game. That's why we love people like Nelson Mandela. Because we know that he wasn't just a career politician. We know that he spent years suffering in a prison in South Africa. Suffering because of his commitment to the cause that he had to liberate South Africans from the, the, the tyranny of apartheid. 
And he suffered for 26, seven years in jail. So when he becomes the president of South Africa, we're like, yes. There is a God, there is justice. The good guys sometimes do win. And the reason he had so much respect and influence is because we all knew he had nothing to prove in terms of his skin in the game commitment to that country. And the same with Gandhi or, or Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King or these, these outstanding historical figures are that they're adored and loved because we know that they put their life and literally lost their life for the cause that is still being championed today by the ones that succeeded them. There's something we like about that and we should. We should not give our lives to people and commit to places and commit to ideas and visions and ideologies where those that are asking us to do that themselves are not first putting down their own skin in the game. Hey guys, just want to let you know about a resource that I'm making available to everyone called Aging Well. It is a video series, almost 11 hours in length, over 60 videos, and it covers aging well in five areas. Aging well physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and generationally. It has a ebook that goes with it. It also has a Q&A and workbook that comes with it. I think you guys are going to find it a real addition to your personal growth investment. I hope you'll enjoy it. You're going to find it at gbpacademy.com.